if you are easily offended, this may not be for you. You have been warned. What we care about is God, we care about family, and we care about country. We care about America. And this is Unwavering Toxic Masculinity from the Dudes Den. Welcome. Welcome. First time on a new setup. First time... um, on a new soundboard, a new computer, new kind of playing around with some intro music and stuff. So uh, uh, greatly appreciate it. Uh, I'm thrilled that everybody could be here, man. I've been excited about this, um, pumped up, been really working hard the last uh, you know 24 hours getting all this set up. So uh, thank you for everybody. Thank you to all who do listen and that uh, – Help us make this everything we can make it and more. We greatly appreciate it. So without further ado, let me say what I always say. Um, <laughs> I was talking with a buddy of mine earlier, so we're, we're kind of limited on these now, but here we go. To the one or two politicians out there that are not Democrat-minded uh, 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 nor Republican-minded, and you know, et cetera, they're just... Minded for the betterment of the American family, their children, their futures. To you, one or two people, thank you. It is greatly appreciated. You have no idea how much. Um, yeah, we, we, we don't feel like we have a voice. And we feel like that voice is just, it, it's just, it's just going by the wayside. So to you one person out there that that we truly feel works hard, that busts their butt, thank you. Greatly appreciate it. All right. So let's get started. So uh, we are a few days from a uh, fairly important uh, day, and uh, that's midterms. Now, I don't expect anything less, okay? If you haven't listened to the show, uh, let, me go on, let me go on and tell you now. I do not call myself Republican uh, because I do feel like Republicans are, I feel like they're cowards. I feel like they're extremely cowards. Uh, so what I do, though, I, I call myself, I, I like to, if I could start a party and call it, constitutional conservatives okay I love that document I love what that document means I love what it stands for I truly in my heart of heart feel if we apply that document to our everyday way of life we're going to be okay now that's not without saying that there's going to be some gray area in certain things nothing nothing's black and white Nothing. 
Well, hold up. Almost nothing's black and white. There are some black and white things out there. As I puff on my cigar, it is raining cats and dogs outside too, by the way. Uh, Goodness. Doors are flying open and stuff. It's kind of crazy. I kind of jumped. The back door... I'm so glad we got that old audio. The back door slammed. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in what's called the dude's den. It's like an office, okay? Pretty big. The back door slammed shut, and the door coming into the room opened. So the back door going outside, the door coming into the room opened, and, and that, uh, that startled me just a little. Anyway, uh, so where was I? Whew, that caught me off track a little bit. So anyway, so all right, so we're at midterms. So a lot's at stake. I said a moment ago that not everything is black and white. Well, some things are. See, a problem that we have as conservatives, and again, I want to mind you, not at all a Republican. And the reason why, I repeat, because I believe Republicans, 90% of them, are cowards. Absolute cowards. So, that being said, uh, so there was an incident in which, here recently, and that's what I was getting at, uh, there is some, sometimes, sometimes there is a, a black and white. And, and, uh, the, the the black or white, the for sure 100% thing I see today is straight up this. Sonny Hostin, Hostin, I'm not sure which way you pronounce you know, her name or whatever. Um, she is what I like to call an absolute... Work of art. She's a terrible person. Her rhetoric, her 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 just her 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 absolute propaganda just lies. But I want you to close your eyes for me, okay? Here's the problem we have uh, as conservatives, okay? Close your eyes for me. If you're driving, don't close your eyes, obviously, okay? Close your eyes. Now, I am a believer in free speech. Say what you want to say. So I'm never, ever going to sit here on this podcast and call for someone to be canceled. I'm not. I believe you should say whatever you want to say. Now, that doesn't mean that it goes without consequence. So you say what you want to say, and your network fires you. That, okay. All right. I'm not going to openly call for anyone to be canceled, and I don't think they should be fired. But here's what I think. I think when you, when you say things 
I think, generally speaking, the American public is going, you're going to find your way out of touch with the American public eventually. It's going to be a natural canceling. I don't think people should call for the cancellation. I don't think people should um, uh, boycott you know, the network until they do what the public wants and all that. I mean, you know, I could watch a show, uh, uh, I believe it's Paramount Network, you know, has Yellowstone, right? I, mean, I could watch Yellowstone, uh, but it doesn't mean that an executive with Paramount Network and I are going to agree eye to eye on everything. He may, may be some staunch uh, liberal just extremist. I, I don't know. But I can separate the two to an, you know, to, to an extent, obviously. Well, my problem is, is nothing in this country lately has been tit for tat. Okay? There have been times. There have been things said that I've disagreed with. That I, another conservative said, you know, that I disagree with. Don't, don't, don't think it was a very cool thing to say. And they've been canceled. They've been fired. They've been this. They've been that. But it's rarely happened on the left. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to imagine. Let's be completely honest. I want you to imagine a Caucasian woman. Sitting on a panel with other miserably unhappy women. And I want you to imagine her saying something to this effect, okay? I want you to imagine this. But what's also surprising to me is the abortion issue. Um, I read a, a poll just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid, right? It's, it's I, I think like that's We're going to play that one more time just because I want to do my due diligence. diligence sorry. I want to make sure you heard exactly what I heard, okay? All right. Play clip one back. But what's also surprising to me is the abortion issue. Um, I read a, a poll just yesterday that white Republican suburban women are now going to vote Republican. Why? It's almost like roaches voting for raid, right? It's, it's, I, I think like, that's it's almost like roaches voting for raid. Now, let's be completely honest. I want you to imagine a Caucasian woman sitting on that program <clears throat> with all the, again, with all the other unhappy, terrible, just bigoted, not in touch with reality women. And I want you to imagine her sitting there and her saying, uh, I read a report that 
suburban, middle-aged black women are going to vote Democrat. You know, I, I, I equate that to roaches voting for raid. Now, I want you to honestly, seriously, be honest with yourself, okay? What I want you to do is I want you to look yourself in the eye and tell yourself that if a Caucasian woman were to have said that, there wouldn't be any backlash. Can you look at yourself and honestly say that? Can you look at yourself and say, If a Caucasian woman said that, I, I, don't, I don't think anybody would call for her to get fired. Now, people are calling for her to get fired. Yes. I mean co-workers. No. No, I can go on and answer. It wouldn't, it, 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 it would 100% happen. It wouldn't even be, uh, it, as soon as that show ended, done, there would be a, a network exec or a representative of going, you need to come here. We're terminating our agreement with you. Now, that's part of that. Free speech has consequences. But I do not believe in openly calling for People to be canceled, fired, etc. I don't, I don't believe in that, okay? Because I believe the natural order of humanity, of society, will take care of these people. All right, people that like to 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 spew, you know, racist, disgusting, vile rhetoric, like saying the N word. I promise you, as crazy as it sounds. We in this country have free speech. If they choose to get on Twitter, to get on Facebook, to get on Instagram and say it, let them say it. Because the natural order of civilization is going to wipe them out. Matter of fact, Make them be, let them show themselves. Let them show themselves. You know, cowards that walk around saying that word, they're not going to go out in public and say that because they're cowards. A lot of people will hide behind a keyboard because they feel like they don't have to see anybody face to face. Let them say it. The onslaught. The onslaught of just hard responses to someone saying, you know, some some right, right, right wing extremist getting on there and saying that word, you know, it let him say it. Because I guarantee you, somebody because there are consequences, somebody's going to go find him. It's going to happen. 
And quite frankly, somebody would need to. Let these people be known. Let them show themselves. Back to Sonny Hostin, Hostin, whatever. So I would never call for Sonny Hostin to be canceled. I believe that she has every single right as an American to speak in that way, use that verbiage, etc. Now, the network may not allow it. Obviously, they will. They're, 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 uh, they're pretty cowardice too. But I don't call for her to get canceled. Let her say it. But I want you to imagine. Now, I can't imagine the views ratings are that good anyway. But let's say... Let's let's just stick to the subject matter, not ratings. There are white suburban women that are hearing that. That maybe watch the view. Maybe they're on edge about you know. Maybe they're right there on the fence. Whether you know they how to vote and. And how they feel, and, and you know, they're just—they're just—they're moderate and, and just on the fence about things. A comment like that will encourage those women to find a home. No longer will they be searching. Uh, uh, they're going to pick a side of the fence to get on, and then. They'll simply look at her for what she is, what we all feel and think she is. She is a fear-mongering, anti-factual, sad, depressing woman. That is, that is, if the term woman doesn't offend her. She is a sad, bigoted, fear-mongering, birthing person. Can I say that? I'll say that. No, she's she's a sad woman. And the natural order of civilization will rid itself, will rid itself of people like that. I'm going to give you a prime example. I'm going to give you what I think is a fantastic example of that happening. So some a person that I've been very, very critical of is a, a lady with uh, uh, MSNBC, I'm sorry, uh, Tiffany Cross. So I've been extremely critical of Tiffany Cross. I think, again, here's another person. That's a fear-mongering, anti-factual, every single comment, everything, everywhere, every day is racist. Everything. Everything. Grocery store didn't open. Racist. Uh, Couldn't get her oil changed fast enough. Probably racist. Uh, uh, Late for a movie. Because traffic, guy in front of you was racist. 
That's Tiffany Cross. It seems like every single thing racist. And that's what the left is doing now. You can't talk facts. So we just spew fear. Tiffany Cross, I've been extremely critical of. Let me give you a reason why I'm critical of her. Listen to what she said on a panel the other day. You're going to, you're, 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 I don't, I don't know. I don't know that you're emotionally ready to handle the, the absolute, uh, the, the, the intelligence that is Tiffany Cross. I, Julian Gordon, with this mortgage, relinquished part of my. Yeah, that that was a. That that was an ad. (laughs) I've been rent free since I. (laughs) Sorry, wrong button. (laughs) Okay, listen. Listen to this, okay? All right, you're sorry. You're going to look. I know. It's it's what happens when you're doing this by yourself. You know what I'm saying? All right, check this out. Arizona's far enough away. Let it go. Uh, Tiffany, what do you think? One's got to go. I say Florida literally looks like the dick of the country, so let's get rid of Florida. Um, Ron, are you saying castrate the dick of the country? Seriously, let's castrate Florida. Here's the problem. Ron DeStupid, Ron DeSantis, whatever you want to call Florida man, he is so problematic. The people there passed Amendment 4, which gave returning citizens, those formerly incarcerated, the right to vote. He instituted a poll tax. He has done everything he can to keep black and brown people from the ballot. Mm -hmm. He traffics in stupidity and ignorance, and I just think they are a problem for the rest of the country let's get them out of here did you she and then she said that ron DeSantis is a problem we're talking the united states most popular governor that ron DeSantis. The Ron DeSantis that led the nation in anti-lockdown standards that got through COVID with a surplus. We're talking 20 million. That Ron DeSantis. So Tiffany Cross says that Florida looks like a dick. Excuse me for being crass. I'm just telling you what she said. Well, it turns out that MSNBC, yeah, they were done with Miss Cross. After that comment, uh, Miss Cross has been... uh, Miss Cross has been terminated, and there's no more of her. That's what I'm saying. Eventually, the natural order of things will follow through in all these people that run their mouth 
and say stupid, idiotic, vile thing. It will find its own solution. So let them say it. Number one, that is very important to me, that, 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 that the problem runs its own course. And that I, I truly feel that 99.9% of us are not racist. 99.9% of us do not look as Ron DeSantis as Death Santis. 99.9% of us do not think that climate change as well as driving to work and making it alive are black America's, black America's two largest issues. We don't. But that's Tiffany Cross. That's her. Every time I ever heard her talk, it was about white people in America being racist. Every time. I want you to imagine being a child. You know, I don't understand how parents can put this stuff on around their children. I mean, it, it just, why would you go out And tell your child, hey, son or daughter, listen, as a person of color, the system's out to get you. You might as well not even try. You're you're not going to accomplish anything because the system and white people are going to hold you down. But it's midterms, so that's what we're going to get. We're going to get things that are not factual. We're going to get things that are all about spewing fear. All about making sure people are scared. Somebody said earlier, uh, well, it was several networks. They, they, there was this uh, uh, this montage of networks saying, "Well, that's that's all Republicans or conservatives, whatever, talk about is is crime." Well, first off, crime's an issue. Right? Unlike systemic racism, uh, unlike systemic racism, and unlike the average, everyday, blue-collar, white, middle-aged white male being racist and wanting to hold your child uh, uh, down because that's not the case. Uh, Unlike those things being true, crime is an absolute major issue. Crime is out of control. And and, and matter of fact, I'm going to give you an example of, of how we know it's out of control, okay? All right. So, number one, uh, you see what's going on in New York, all right? And, and, and a lot of other places, okay? You've got these stupid uh, 
no cash bail uh, ordinances. Here's an example. A nightmare unfolded Thursday morning when a jogger on the popular Hudson River Trail near Pier 45 was choked, raped, and robbed. Police charged Carl Fenor for the crime and for two other sex attacks this year. All right, so this year, this year, uh, it's absolute crazy what is going on in this country. A homeless man wanted in two sex crimes and who has had at least 25 prior busts was arrested in connection to the rape of a jogger in the West Village on Thursday and charged in all three cases, police and law enforcement sources said. Carl Fenor, 29 years old, was busted at the Port Authority bus terminal several hours after the assault, which took place around 5.30 a.m. at Pier 45. Police say Fenor grabbed a 43-year-old woman from behind as she ran in Hudson River Park, choked her, sexually assaulted her before robbing her, and according to a witness who called 911, leaving her shoeless and with blood running from her face and elbows. He was charged with rape, grand larceny, predatory sexual assault, and invalid use of a credit card. Fenor was also hit with charges in two previous attacks on women, one from late March and the other in early October. Prior to the sex crime arrest, Fenor had been busted at least 25 times, mostly for uh, uh, petty larceny, assault, drug possession, uh, drug and drug dealing. Seven of those arrests were sealed. Police said April. Uh, police said in April that they were hunting for the fiend after he allegedly attacked a woman out on a run near West and Clarkson Street on March 27. The woman was jogging on Pier 40 around 6 a.m. when suspect, who was on a bike, allegedly rode up, pushed her down, choked her, sexually assaulted her before swiping her cell phone and taking off. On October 6, the creep allegedly attacked a 48-year-old woman uh, walking on the FDR Drive service road near East 37th Street around 5 a.m. He came up from behind, placed her in a chokehold, tried to rip her clothes off and rape her, but the woman managed to fight him off. This is what happens when we're easy on criminals. This is what happens when we do not put law and order as the main, the number one. focus in our society. The number one focus before we do anything else. Law and order. A lawless society will not prosper. It will fall. It will fall. It will be disastrous. That's what we're doing in these cities. Crime is up exponentially. It is up at a rate that is unbelievably, it, 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 it's unbelievable. 
I'm seeing, I'm reading, and, and that, by the way, uh, uh, that, that article I just read was uh, by Larry Salona, Joe Marino, Amanda Woods, Gabrielle Funrogue uh, uh, with the New York Post. I am reading that it is subway crimes are up 110%. Listen to this. It's a near free-for-all. Close to 90% of suspects arrested in Nassau County in July through September. So July through September were freed without bail, mostly in assault larceny cases, up 2% from the previous quarter. Startling new statistics show GOP County Executive Bruce Blakeman revealed the data at a rally and press conference Thursday. What we've seen is a dramatic spike in people who are let out without having to post bail. I mean, uh, uh, Blakeman told the Post before the Midtown rally, and then they get rearrested for crimes like carrying a legal firearm or weapon for larceny or burglary. These crimes keep going up, and people keep getting out. I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine your daughter going for a job. Don't you imagine? And this vile, disgusting waste of space comes up behind her, chokes her, rapes her. You know, choke, those bruises heal. Face scratches, elbows bleed, they heal. When do you think that rape's going to heal for that lady? When do you think rape would heal for your baby girl? This is the way. This is the direction. that today's Democrat party is going. Now, you can say to yourself, look, I, well, that's not me. I, I'm a Democrat, but I'm moderate. You know, these people are great. Keep hitting that button, voting them in. Keep doing it. I've said time and time again, I'm not on this show telling people how great Republicans are. You've heard me say it countless times today that they're cowards. But let's be honest about something. The fundamentals of a civilized society are not problems for the... There's always an exception. I understand that. But the fundamental values of a civilized society is not something that today's Republican lawmakers are out of touch with. Democrats are so out of touch. It's, it's, I'm in shock. 
you've got you've got adults saying that kids that are biological males if would like if identifying different should be able to go in a different restroom play a different sport uh, 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 play uh, I'm sorry play play in the opposite sex competitive sports leagues you got cities where they have went to no cash bail because they say it's another another point of proof of systematic racism that people of color are not going to have money to pay it so it's racist so violent violent repeat offenders are getting out and you know what they're doing it again. But in true fashion, what happens? All right. You've got a, uh, 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 and I'll find his name, please forgive me, but you've got a guy uh, on MSNBC. He's an historian. Says if you vote Republican, your kids will be murdered and democracy will die. This is, this, this is what we're dealing with. Listen to this. And a historian 50 years from now, if historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there are still free publishing houses and a free press, which, which I'm not certain of, but if that is true, a historian will say what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether it will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed, we're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away. You know, y'all going to think I'm a smart ass, because uh, usually every time we do a video, I'm like, we're going to listen to that again. But I am confused, so let's listen one more time, okay? Sorry. Sorry, play that clip. That and way. a historian 50 years from now, if historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there are still free publishing houses and a free press, which, which I'm not certain of, but if that is true, a historian will say what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. We're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away. I, it, when you want to talk about the most Fear-mongering I've ever seen in all of my life. It is taking place right before our eyes. Every single time someone that is promoting Democrats on any news network Every time they get on there reminding you to vote Democrat, to vote blue in the election, it's always hate of transgender people, racism, abortion, racism, hate of transgender people, abortion, 
we're going to kill. I mean, I don't even know what to say. I, I, I don't. I don't even know what to say. MSNBC is, quite frankly, the absolute worst news network ever. I truly do not think, I do not think anyone that watches MSNBC religiously believes the rhetoric. That's where they get their news from. They quote it. They live it. They breathe it. I do not believe that those people should be allowed to reproduce. I don't. It's just crazy. Absolute craziness what's happened. Um, You know, we have to have law and order. We got to have law and order. We have to have equal opportunity. And if we don't have those two things, we are in trouble. We are in trouble. We do have equal opportunity in this country. Now, sometimes it's not the case. For example, I better look it up before I, before I say it. But it was one of the airlines. Oh, God. I I can't remember if it was Delta, American Airlines. Oh, my goodness. But one of the airlines, so I'll find who it is first. Uh, I mean, I'll say what it is, then I'll find who it is. You know what I'm saying. All right. Um, One of these airlines was going to not, uh, they, they released a statement saying that they're looking for more minority pilots and that they're not going to hire any white pilots right now. So, first off, looking for minority pilots, absolute outstanding. If those minority pilots, if they're licensings, if all the exams, if they're, they're practical application of flying the airplane, inspection, all that, if 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 it's if it's up to industry standards or higher, then freaking fantastic. It's awesome. But let's say for a second. Let's say for a second that I'm Hispanic and you listen are a white dude. And you look at my resume, you look at his resume. And I mean, I've got awards, commendation, I've got hours logged, I've got just, I mean, it's just loaded with great uh, uh, references, experience, etc. And the other person's is just, eh, they only got a few months experience shouldn't the most qualified person get that job how is it how is it that not hiring a certain race how is it that people think that's going to make up for things that were done 
hundreds of years. Stop. Stop. Please, God, let's stop. Let's just stop, man. Let's stop talking about reparations and we got to make up for this. And how are you going to pay us back for that? Let's stop. We live in the greatest, greatest country, the greatest experiment ever, ever put out there and tried. We live in the most non-racist country there is. It was United Airlines, by the way. Uh, uh, April 6, 2021, uh, United Airlines prepares to shake up white male-dominated pilot population. Yeah. Yeah. October 22nd, 2022, United Airlines faces criticism over plan to train more women and minorities as pilots. Now see, do you see how that headline reads? Do you see how it reads? It reads as if we just want to train more women and minorities and people are criticizing us. But that's not the case. That's not the case at all. Underneath, so, so here's the headline. United, United Airlines faces criticism over plan to train more women and minorities as pilots. Right underneath it. So the sub-headline. The pushback is about preserving white supremacy and has nothing to do with a person's actual skills and ability. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Any logical person would... So, here's the article, okay? It's written by Essence. Uh, United Airlines announced earlier this week that it would hire more women, people of color, to work as pilots. The company aims to diversify an industry that is dominated by white men, according to a tweet from the airline. Over the next decade, the airline aims to hire enough women and minorities to account for at least half the 5,000 pilots it plans to train at its new flight school. Any logical person would say that the move is good for United Airlines and a huge win for women and minorities. In 2020, while the nation was grappling with a deadly virus, the black community was also dealing with the emotional and mental trauma of witnessing the death of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery. Protests erupted across the nation due to these senseless killings, with some turning violent and deadly. The nation also saw a rise in hate crimes against Asian Americans who were targeted primarily because of racist rhetoric used by former President Donald Trump. It's a lie. It's a lie. In the second paragraph of this article, any logical person would see that this is good for, for United Airlines, huge win for women and minorities. While the nation was grappling with the deadly virus, the black community was also dealing with... What does United Airlines... What does United Airlines... Wanting to train more women and minorities, why is it 
that again in this article about that. Why do we feel the need to put in there so, up top of the article, preserving white supremacy, the senseless deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Mart Arbery, rising hate crimes, and it was all Donald Trump's fault. What does that have to do with the hiring and training of women and minorities? See, it's any chance we can get. It's any chance the media can get at promoting fear. Letting you know. White people have to get you. Look, they want to preserve white supremacy. Sonny Hosted. Likes white middle class suburban women as cockroaches. Essence said any pushback on this hiring process by United is preserving white supremacy. Man, this is terrible. This has to stop. This has to stop, guys. I mean, It just it's it it's sad. It's absolutely sad where we are in this country. And I feel like and I feel like it's never ever going it it's never gonna get any better if every single time Every time. Every time MSNBC or CNN or one of these news networks, every time they tell a story, they are sure to insert racism, white supremacy. we're We're in a vicious cycle of just fear mongering. So it's funny. The other day, I uh, I heard something the other day that really, 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 uh, man. When I tell you it hit home, it hit home. Uh, so uh, we 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 uh, obviously on this show, as you clearly see, I, I've talked quite a bit about uh, you know the the call out of systemic racism. And, and that, uh, you know, Sonny Hostin, you, you know, equates white women to cockroaches. Tiffany Cross uh, has said on her show countless times that uh, uh, America's racist. It's an evil country. We're going back to Jim Crow in the days of slavery. I mean, it's just it, it's. It, it, she said the the that uh, Black America's two largest issues of worry is climate change and dying on the way to work. You know, but anyway, neither here nor there. 
What I thought was interesting was I stumbled upon a, a clip of Denzel Washington. And as a dad, as a grandfather, uh, as a man, I truly believe accountability is key. We have to be accountable. We have to hold our children accountable. We have to hold our families accountable. We have to hold people in our community accountable. We have to lead the way, set an example. I do feel that way. So I want you to listen to what Denzel said. I thought this was, man, it hit home. That, you know, like they've done like 40 years in a penitentiary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, incarceration rates in America has been a problem, especially as opposed to minorities. And Roman delves into this, the issues around the, the legal system. Do you think we've made any headway? In the I think system? it's more important to make headway in our own house. By the time the system comes into play, the damage is done. They're not locking up seven-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was in Chicago a couple of three, four weeks ago, and we saw these little kids on bikes with masks on the side of their head, like five or six of them. And the driver said, yeah, they're little yummies. I said, who? He said, little, little yummies. Look up. Google little yummy. Mm. Little yummy was an 11-year-old murderer. Wow. And you look at his picture, you'll see the headshot of him, and he's like this. And he got murdered at 11 by a 14-year-old. Wow. Who's doing life now and a 16-year-old. That makes no sense. You, you blame the system? Where was his father? Yeah. It starts in the house. It starts in the home. And yeah, well, well my father got locked up. Well, where was his father? Yeah. You know, that, 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 like I, I did talk about my three closest friends. And they did, you know, 15 to 25. One did 28 and this and that. I was the only one of the three that had a father in my life, even though my parents were together, but I still had a father who was a gentle man and a good example, yeah. and they didn't. We can blame the system if we want, but they didn't lock any of us up at seven. Yeah. We were all doing enough to get locked up at 13. My parents sent me in another direction. They didn't have anybody to help them, and they kept doing what they was doing. People from my Does anybody out there disagree with that? How could you disagree with that? 99% of the problems that we face in our lives, 99.9% of them are things that can be changed. But it starts in the home. 100%. I'm going to say something. uh, I'm going to try not to get emotional, but if I do, okay. So, Mary and I have, uh, my wife Mary and I, we have one daughter. Um, She was born in 96. Uh, We had a son in 99 and uh, and uh, he died. So we've raised one daughter. And you listen to me talk now 
and I share my views, my beliefs, my, my, my values, my morals. And I tell you, I don't know how shocking this will be to you, but when she was a kid, she was growing up, she was 10, 12, 13. I didn't believe in God. I remember at times things going on in my life, self-inflicted things. And somebody would say, look, if you have a second, I just want to pray for you. And I would say, no, 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 no. No, we're not going to do that. There's no such thing. Why do you waste time on prayer? Why do you waste time on this 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 comedy thought in your head of some God really giving a crap about my life or your life? Get out of here. I don't you get get the hell out of here. Yeah. I I, uh, I would later come to understand the power of me dismissing the realism and the fact that God is real, that prayer is important. that instilling values in our children, that making your circle strong is going to help make other circles outside of yours strong. It's going to be a domino effect. I was extremely anti-God. I was very liberal. Very. I didn't understand the importance, the power of the family nucleus. Of being a man. of being the leader of my home. And when I say that, my wife will tell you, I in no way have I ever, ever felt that I was above her or better than her or or superior to her. No. My wife is a very, very strong, hardworking, powerfully minded woman. But my wife also, it took her years 
ears. To finally be able to look up and see the man. that she had always felt that I could be. And that's a man that was the spiritual leader of our home. The man that would lead by example. And that today is what we're missing. Crime isn't, arrest is, they're not racist. Yes, there are instances of racist situations in every aspect of life. Yes. But when you get ready to go vote midterms, and I don't care how you vote, Still going to love you nonetheless, but this is a forum in which I choose to say to you, do you want to continue to vote for that lunacy? Remember, this is, I'm not only here saying Republicans are perfect. Jesus, I've said eight times today they're cowards. But unfortunately, right now in this country, we are in a situation where we have to pick the lesser of two evils. And I'm telling you, there is a way lesser of two evils, and that is conservatives that 99% of them, whether they believe it or live it or whatever, they are passing legislation, promoting legislation, helping their communities in aspects of law and order. Not indoctrinating our children. And your overall freedoms to work when you want to work. To worship when you want to worship. To send your kids to school when you want to send them to school. It's not about control and racism and bigotry and white supremacy and... The left has gone too far. I do not call for the cancellation of Sonny Hostin or Hostin, whatever it is. I don't. But when on a morning talk show she likens white suburban women voting Republican as cockroaches voting for raid, part of the three quarters of the audience applauded. They applauded. Unbelievable. That's all Democrats can do. 
That's it. Today's Democrat, the leftists, they have gone from what liberals, I know liberals, and they are fine people. I mean, good people. Our values differ. Or maybe not that, maybe our values don't differ. Maybe our, our core values may be a little different. Maybe. But are children safe, law and order? I don't know. I personally do not know a liberal Democrat that disagrees with that. I don't. But the people we are voting for, the people that keep voting in and in and in and in, They are doing nothing. They are doing nothing to hold criminals accountable. Matter of fact, they're saying that holding them accountable is racist. It's 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 shocking where we've come, but man, we got we got to do something. Sonny Hostin is uh, that's a disgraceful thing to say. Again, say what you want to say. You know, I believe that. I truly do. Like, freedom of speech. It's one of the most amazing things in this nation. So say what you want to say. And don't let Chris Rock said it especially. He said, you can drive a car with your feet. Don't make it a good idea. But we live in America. You should have the freedom to say whatever you want. You need to understand, though, I need to understand, you, Sonny Hostin, whoever it is needs to understand, there can sometimes be serious consequences with saying that. All right, so a couple different things. Uh, something I followed religiously, I said the last podcast, is the Delphi murders. Uh, a lot of strange stuff has happened. An arrest was made after five and a half years um, of Abby Williams and Liberty German, uh, the murders. Uh, an arrest was made, 50-year-old Richard M. Allen, Richard Matthew Allen. Now, um, he has been transferred due to uh, his safety uh, to a state prison. His bond was set at 20, or his bail bond, whatever, set at $20 million. And now, uh, let me back up, not now, but he worked in Delphi, a town of less than 3,000. If this is the guy, God, I pray it is. I pray they have, you know, you know, hook, lunch, got him. Pray this is the guy. If it is, in a town of less than 3,000 people, a sick, degenerate, vile psychopath that murdered two innocent babies, teenagers, 13, 14. This sick, degenerate psychopath was working at the CVS there in town. 
walking by us, nodding. There's video. There's audio of him walking, his gait, his tone of voice. Nobody noticed. It's crazy. It's crazy. But public pressure in this case is becoming an issue. You have a judge that is recusing himself now. A judge that wants nothing, nothing to do with trying this case because of the public pressure. that is mixed in with releasing these documents and releasing that documents. I heard a news, uh, I heard a, a news segment tonight, not here locally, but one in that area, you know, where they're like, you know, the, the probable cause a, 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 a search warrant is public record. We should be able to see. Why is everybody so worried about seeing that stuff? Hang, hang tight. We're going to see it. We are going to get to see this stuff. Let it take its course. Why are people trying to force this and force that? And now this judge, the move by Judge uh, um, Benjamin Diener or Diner, I'm sorry, comes just hours after he granted a motion to transfer murder suspect Richard M. Allen from a county jail to a state prison for safekeeping. Allen has been moved from the Carroll County Jail to an undisclosed Indiana Department of Corrections facility. Carroll County Sheriff says the move was necessary because Allen's safety was at risk due to the high-profile case. The Indiana Supreme Court appointed Allen uh, support... The Indiana Supreme Court appointed Allen County Judge Fran Gull a special judge of the case. According to the High Court, a judge is not required to give a reason for recusal. Now, when I heard initially about the recusal, the reason given was because the judge had already received email or messages or, or, or something threatening if he didn't get on the ball and release things that people felt should be released. This has got to stop. You know, these days of social media, I'm telling you. You know, the Internet's an amazing thing, and it has helped solve many crimes. And there are people that are really, really good at being Internet sleuths and have went from that into being real detectives. Yes, there are. But it's not all of us. And it doesn't mean... It does not mean... that everything you say or do or want should just be the case.
It is not clear what the circumstances are the judge referenced, but in previous emails and court documents, he has cited safety concerns and that he and his staff have been overwhelmed by the public attention and request for information. Uh, yeah, that's not good, guys. That's not good. We have got to stop wanting what we want when we want it right now. We have to understand that the term delayed gratification, if you can even use the word gratification in this case, but delayed gratification is sometimes the way to just leave it. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous for the public to pressure, threaten a judge in a case in which for five and a half years a potential murderer of two innocent, sweet, amazing baby girls has just been walking around town And now they want to see what they want to see, when they want to see it, how they want to see it. Right now, I want to know what it is. Blah, blah, blah. I would right now, right now, right now. Stop. Stop. Man, that stuff can hurt a case. It needs to stop. The probable cause affidavit detailing the evidence that police gathered against Allen is what is sealed. And you've got all these people in the public going, well, we should be able to see it. It's public record. It, hey, right now, right now. The only people that need to know are the attorneys involved, the judge presiding over the case, the law enforcement officers involved with the arrest, investigation, etc. And right now, we in the public, we need to just sit down and take a seat. This would be a real good time for us to learn to sit down and shut up. We need to stop this. This is... Uh, this is one of those things, guys, where... where be careful what you ask for, because when you get it, it could create a hellstorm over here. That, yeah, you got what you wanted. You got your gratification, but now it's caused major, major, major issues over here. Yeah, we, we, we got to stop. I mean, uh, it's it's... It's ridiculous of us to assume that us in the public need to know what we need to know, when we need to know it, how we need to know it, and there is no reason for anybody to do anything. Look, when these cases, when, when these cases come about, 
there are reasons. There are reasons judges make decisions. There are reasons some things need to be sealed. And and we need to stop assuming that because we're internet sleuth uh, that we know more. Uh, we know more than they do. It's got to stop. Okay. All right, so something I said I was going to try to start doing, uh, something that's a, 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 a very uh, unique passion of mine is, uh, is missing persons. Um, so that is something that when I, I'm here to tell you, I cannot shake. the disbelief the the I can't shake the idea of the pain that some parents experience some husbands wives moms dads brothers sisters best friends I, I, I mean um, I, I can't it, I, I can't shake the pain that I imagine them feeling from not having answers. And it's got to be a pain undescribable. It's got to be. So what I want to try to do is every podcast, no matter what, I want to feature a missing person. Okay, so I'll try to be as brief as I can about each one, unless you know we we decide to do a I decide to do a whole show or half podcast on one because of the details around it. But but that being the case, all right. Um, all right. <clears throat> so it has been it has been. Hey, this is crazy. This has been a case that I simply do not understand how this happens. So on November 15, 2015, in upstate New York, Tom Messick, M-E-S-S-S, I-C-K, Tom Messick, went missing. 82 years old. Now, the details of this is what is a bit perplexing. Okay? All right. So, Tom, uh, his son, friends, uh, uh, they, they go to this, this area where where uh, they were they were hunting for deer, and his son would say how they did it was uh, uh, the 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 older guys were going to be the lookout, right? The younger guys were going to be the pushers, and so what they would do was 
the younger guys would would you know take a long way around and go through uh, a certain area, and they would get to they would go enter into this this large forested area, whatever, uh, through a a different way than the than the watchers did. All right, and what they would do was if if there were deer, it would push them to where the watchers were. Okay. So, all right, the older members of the group, four of them, were going to be the watchers. So what they did is, is they, they, they were hunting near Lily Pond in an area uh, of state land that is part of the Lake George Wild Forest area of state New York. And these four older men are in a line. They're in a line. And they're about 75, 100 yards apart. So imagine, right, you got one here. Then you got 100, 75 yards, so then you got another one. Then you got 75 yards, so then you got another one. And then 75 yards, so another one. All right? And they get to this, they get to this wood line. And they're in such a line that they can all turn and look at each other. Often it's a distance away, but they can see each other, okay? So, when ready, Tom, with the other three older gentlemen that are in a line, look at each other, the thumbs up, the signal, whatever. And they would all enter into the wood line and go into the forested area. They would be in that area, they would would go into that area about 50, 60 yards or so. So you have an area where men were 75 yards, 100 yards apart in a row. When time, they would all turn, look at the wood line, and walk into that wood line 50, 65 yards. And they are the watchers. Now, Tom served in the U.S. Army as a paratrooper with the 82nd Airborne Division. He was five foot ten tall, weighed approximately 160 pounds. He was an experienced hunter and woodsman. He taught hunter safety and survival training. Tom wasn't. Some, hey, I hate to use this term. Tom wasn't some metrosexual guy that's never been out in the woods, and and, and when he looks at a firearm, it's like, oh God, how, how do I hold that? He's Tom probably felt safer, better, more comfortable with a firearm than without. I mean, you know. You know, Tom served our country. Tom taught other men and women. So, uh, at about 10 a.m. or or so, people, the men that walked in the wood line 50 yards, At around 10 a.m., 
they come out of the woods. Tom did not. Now, Tom did have heart problems. And in his early 20s, in his early 20s, he had lost an eye. Uh, he had he had he had kind of bad vision. His hearing wasn't that great. He's 82 years old. And I know you're gonna think we're crazy. I know, I know, but, but hear me. I out. found this on the web for what is uh -oh. who's eight years old. Uh oh. Check it Siri, out. Siri talked to me. But so everybody comes out of the woodlot. Tom doesn't. So, okay. People start going back into the area. Like they remember, hey, Tom was about right here on this road. This is about where he was when he walked into the woodlot. So, they go to that spot. They walk into the woodlot. Nothing. Now, when I say nothing, he was wearing duck boots, camouflage pants, coat, gloves, red and black checkered hat, a walkie-talkie. He had a firearm. He had a rifle. Nothing. Nothing was found. How do four men line up 75, 80 yards apart, 100 yards apart, look at each other, walk into a wood line, X amount of steps, equating it to, to yardage, sit down, serve as the watcher for the hunt, when it's time, get up, walk back out to the road, to the edge of the wood line, and not see the fourth member. And then nothing he had was found. It's been almost seven years to the day, guys. Nothing he had was found. No gun. No hat. No jacket. No pants. Nothing that Tom had on that day nor carrying that day has ever been found. One of the men with Tom uh, was a was a, a life lifelong friend. Um, this is this is this is one of the parts where where it's it's very this is very unique. They had went to this area for years and years and years. So. They're, they're, they're out here at this area. It's very quiet. And all of a sudden, one of the guys, one of the older guys, 
hears a noise that he had never heard. So in the area where you're, you know, 50, 75, let's say at worst, 100 yards away from each of the other people you're with, that's four, all right, that they're all there together. Somewhere in that area, one of the other men heard a sound that in all the years he had been there, he had never heard. When asked, you know, how long did the sound last? What did it sound like? Uh, He said, it just, I mean, just like it was a second. It was over. And I'm going to try to duplicate the sound he made. But he said it was kind of like, and and that was it. It was over. But he had never heard the sound like that before. You're talking about a lifetime avid hunter, someone that taught survival training. And look, I completely understand the argument. If little Tom was 82 years old, man, he's blind and one eye, couldn't hear real well, it's no telling. Okay, that's fine. Uh, 100%. There's just a couple problems with that. No walkie-talkie. No firearm. No clothes. No blood. No skeletal remains. Nothing. Listen, I want to say it one more time. It sounds crazy. Nothing of Tom's has ever been found. So it got dark around 7 o'clock that night. Half the group stayed, fired their rifles, honked the car horns to attract Tom to to the area of, of sound, okay? The rest of the men left the scene, reported him missing to family and authorities. The day after Tom had disappeared, it was so announced November 16th, the search started with 13 trained SAR professionals from Park Service. It was well organized from the get-go. A huge search over several weeks involving more than 300 professional volunteers assisted by dogs, divers, helicopters. Nothing. No clues. No sign of his rifle. Walkie-talkie. More than four square miles were searched. And they would walk five foot, stop, look up, look down, look around. Walk five foot, stop, look up, look down, look around. Uh, More than four square miles were searched with a larger area being searched by air with aid of helicopter for the State Police Aviation Unit. Nothing. They gridded off the area with strings, so they would tie strings in areas. All right, we had searched this inside these strings. We searched it. Go to a different area. They said by the time they got done, strings were intertwining, crossing over one another, showing that they had absolutely searched every single place they could search. But what was crazy was this. This is a, for the most part, this is a standard missing persons case. 
usually speaking, in a missing persons case, the FBI doesn't show up. Well, on the fourth day, which should be November 19th, and again, as unusual as the FBI never usually gets involved in these type of missing person cases, unless it falls under federal jurisdiction, you know, have it on federal land or whatever, or there's some crazy circumstances surrounding that. Well, that's not the case here. Tom's wife, Beverly, said the FBI told me something isn't right with this case, but they don't know what. They wouldn't share any theories if they had them. Uh, The FBI said until they make some sort of discovery, they're never going to know. Subsequently, investigators said there have been no indications of foul play. David Winchell, a spokesman for the DEC, said rangers continue to search the area on a limited, continuous basis. Uh, A wide-scale ground search ended in January of 2016. So, a month and a half to two months. That means rangers check the area periodically for evidence and clues, even still now. Um, His wife said he had been in the woods since he was a boy, and if he would have got lost, he would have cut a piece of his jacket, he had tied it to a tree, he would have done the things that he taught others to do. Beverly's biggest fear was that he was the victim of foul play. Um, in the summer of 2018, state police dogs you sniffer state police you sniffer dogs uh, trained to detect cadavers to go through portions of the woods and fields near where Merrick disappeared. No clues at all were found. So his friend he said he heard the strange noise. So uh, uh, I'm reading statement. I heard a strange noise in the woods, but I don't know what it was. Just a different noise from what I usually hear, you know. Like what? It'd be hard to explain because it was different. Something different that I never heard before in the woods. Uh, I, I can't say what it was, you know. How long in duration was it? Was it two, three seconds? No, it's just whatever it is, you know, just, just whatever. How far away was it? I'd say probably 150 yards, something like that. Was it toward Tom or away from Tom? This was upwards the hill, the top of the hill. Yeah. So toward Tom. Did you tell the cops? Yeah, I told them that, but they just passed it off, you know. Tom's disappearance is yet another really strange case. Tom just vanished off the face of the planet. He was old, yes. Man, he was an experienced backwoodsman. He was he was a tough guy, an ex-paratrooper, okay? He had a rifle, a walkie-talkie. They have looked in caves, water, etc. I mean, what happened? What happened? The man just disappeared. Appeared like he simply walked into that woods and that was it. He literally disintegrated. It's one of the strange, strange 
missing person cases. In forests, in heavily wooded areas, in national parks. If you ever want to give yourself chills, find some time and Google and start researching people that go missing in national parks. And we're not talking, we're not, yes, there are people that go missing that, you know, go out, they're going to spend some time, uh, uh, you know, off the grid, they're going to camp for three days, four days a week, two weeks, whatever, they go missing by themselves. But there are stories, I have read them, and we're going to talk about them each episode, uh, different each episode, but where literally two people are standing there looking at each other, and one says, hey, hold up, I'm going to walk in the woods right here and, and take a look, or uh, I think I see something over there, or whatever the case may be. All right, well, I'm going to ease up here on another 100 yards or so, and I'll stop and wait on you. Okay. And one of the two is never seen again. And there's nothing ever found. You know, it's always obviously, and it this the, the, the it always happens at the point of separation, obviously. So uh, if you're out, if you're with someone, if you're going hiking, if you're doing some camping, if you're doing that old school, we're going to, you know, hike three, four, five, six, eight miles into the national park. We're going to set up tents somewhere and, you know, do it with someone. Do not leave each other. Do not separate each other. Stay together. Um, it's a strange and puzzling disappearance. Uh, Tom Messick, uh, again, disappeared November 15, 2015. Um, uh, Horican and Warren County, Lake George Wild Forest, uh, upstate New York. Again, Tom was 82 years old. Um, not nothing. Nothing. Nothing has ever been found. God bless uh, wherever he is. Uh, God be with him, his family, and uh, I, I cannot imagine one of the one of the worst things was uh, there's there's a. Um, it's a couple of documentaries by a guy named David Politis, who is an ex detective who who really was kind of pointed in the direction of hey you, you need to maybe look at what's going on in these national parks because something ain't right so david starts looking and man so david he's wrote a series of books called missing 411 and he's uh he's done a couple of documentaries now one is the first one is called missing 411 and it's it, it involves children that go missing under strange circumstances in our national parks. That's a tough watch. Right? The second documentary was called Missing 411, The Hunted. And it's about hunters, hikers, outdoorsmen or women that go missing inside of forest and uh, national parks under strange circumstances. And um, Beverly, Tom's wife, would say, and, you know, man, it's a tough, tough thing to imagine. But it showed a clip of the dog 
waiting at the door. That the dog just stares out the window looking for Tom. I tell you, man, that chokes me up. I have a um, dude, you know, he's my English bulldog. He's my everything. I, the thought of him sitting at that door waiting on me and looking for me and, and, and never being 100% happy, never being complete is a, uh, that, that's hard to think about. So, um, anyway. Research that story. Again, Tom Messick, 82 years old, upstate New York. Uh, nothing's ever been found. Very strange case. All right. Uh, love you guys. Uh, I want to say real, real quick, no matter what you do, I want to say I'm not one of these people that is ever going to get on any form of social media in your face or anything else and go, if you vote this way, we can never be friends. How dare you? And, oh, you're sick, son of a bitch, all that stuff. You know what? I'm never going to do that. If you base friendships on how people vote, if if you base ending a friendship on how someone votes, you're not the type of person I want to be my friend anymore. So I, I think I'm just going to uh, just skip even being anywhere near you. It, it just, that's a... Um, that's a that's got to be a miserable miserable way to live. So don't be that way. Midterms, however, Tuesday. I do say, as always, guys, get out, vote, exercise your right, vote for who you want, and um, uh, stand by each other. Be kind. Give each other a hug. Okay. Um, you know, let let's be kind to one another, man. People are going through stuff. All right. Um, uh, it's been a strange, strange, strange world since COVID. And I think we could all look at each other and, and remember that, um, that we're all human. We're all breathing the same air. We're all here on God's beautiful earth. And we are all replaceable. Okay. So don't think you're bigger than somebody else or you're better than somebody else or you're anything else. We all going to die the same way. None of us ever get out of here alive, so we might as well enjoy the freedoms we have and use one of them, be kind to one another. And in the words of uh, our, our, our favorite bouncer, uh, uh, oh, my God, Dalton, be nice until it's time to not be nice. But for the most part, be nice, guys. All right. Much love. You guys are amazing in this room here, which is full of God, family, country, and America. Uh, I'm Kevo. This has been toxic. Uh, I'm sorry. This has been unwavering. <laughs> sorry, I don't even know what I'm saying. Uh, it's been unwavering toxic masculinity from the dude's den. This, uh, this exit song is for a buddy of mine. Love you, Richard. Talk to you later, guys.